You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hello, villagers. Happy Tuesday. It has been a minute since we've been together due to ah, birth life, man. It's so unpredictable. Had a baby come super early and... Yeah, it really threw a kink in the podcast plan. So I'm back and I'm super happy to be back with you because today we are diving into something that comes up in every single pregnancy, what to eat. I think one of the first things that people ask when they find out that they're pregnant is what has to happen to my diet? What kind of things can I not eat anymore? And what kind of things should I definitely be eating? And from counting calories to eating a specific number of meals to eating this and not eating that, there's so much information out there. Today, I am sitting down with Lainey Yukin and she is the dietitian that doesn't put people on diets, and I can't tell you how much I love that. We are diving into what to eat in each trimester, as well as the postpartum period. We are diving into cravings and sweet tooths and fun twists that you can put on your diet. I'm so excited for this episode. Lainey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here and to have all of our listeners hearing all of your juicy, literally juicy details. We are talking all about food and pregnancy and healthy habits today. Lainey, you have this really ironic nickname. How did this come about? If you aren't putting people on a diet, then how are they going to get a handle on their food and their, their life habits? Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, my nickname is I'm a dietitian who doesn't put people on diets. And that came about because we found that diets, uh, they work in the short term. Um, you can restrict certain foods, start, start eating other foods and lose weight. Um, but you can't usually keep it off. And that's because as soon as you add the stuff back in that you were eating before, um, you gain the weight back. And so it only works for as long as you can continue that eating pattern. Um, and then it causes all these other feelings around guilt around food and seeing foods as good or bad and all of that. So instead, I work with my clients on healthy habit changes. So let's just create healthy habits that you can sustain for the long term instead of being on this diet that you're just waiting for it to be over um, so you can get back to eating how you were before. <laughs> and um, even if you're not on a specific diet, you may still be stuck in a dieting mentality. So if you see foods as good or bad, or you like eat something and you feel guilty, or you're like, well, I already had a brownie with lunch, so screw it, my whole day's you know, ruined, then that's still a dieting mentality. Uh, so I really work with my clients to help them get out of that. It's kind of a vicious cycle, right? It's like once you kind of, um, I guess really it's all about how you look at it. So if you look at it as like a stumble, once you stumble, it's really hard to like recover from that. But if you don't look at it like that, and it's more like, I treated myself because I've been eating well for 
X amount of days or I treated myself because well, damn it, I deserve it. How about that? It's like, <laughs> yeah. for me, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it is food and it's pleasurable. I think the, being able to just say, did I want it? Yeah. Did I choose to eat it? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. Okay. So I chose to eat it and it was good. So why do I feel guilty about it? Yeah. And I had self-control. So I think self-control is a, you know, is a big thing um, in that, but we will we'll get into all of that. Yes. Something that I always chat about my clients with, um, or with my clients about, I guess, is that the most important thing to do is to really listen to your body. Um, you know, you can, you can really communicate or your body can communicate with you if you listen, but how do you, how do you learn to listen to your body? Oh, I love this. So this is what I work with my clients on pregnant or not. Okay. We've got to get the focus off of the numbers and the calories and we've got to listen to our hunger signals. So there's a great hunger scale. Um, you can Google or maybe we can put it in the show notes, but Basically, it goes from starving to Thanksgiving dinner full. And you've got to figure out, like, where am I on that scale? And if you're hungry, you need to eat. I see far too many people, like, wait to eat till the next meal just because they think they have to wait a certain number of hours or there's just all these rules they're following. Throw the rules out. <laughs> listen to your body. And if you're hungry, eat. Because at the end of the day, calories, calories are an energy measurement and they're fuel. So you've got to fuel your body. And everybody's body is different. It's just super important to remember that. Like, yeah, you just can't compare your body. So um, the the scale that you're talking about, you shouldn't be looking at other people's scales, right? Just like the scale you stand on. It's very different. And so whatever your number is on that scale, it might look like different than your neighbors. And that's okay because that's what your body needs. Yeah, totally. And even your calorie numbers. So when people come to me and they're tracking calories on one of the apps, um, it gives you one number to aim for every day. You don't need the same number of calories every day. Some days you sit on your butt all day. Some days you work out really hard. It's really a range and people like live by that number. Like, oh, well, I worked out. Now I get to eat more. It's like, are you even hungry? <laughs> You've got to pay attention to your hunger signals. That is especially true, I think, in the birth world because, um, my goodness, especially, I mean, just women in general, right? So our bodies are changing every single day. So that is different. But then in the birth world, when you are growing a tiny human, it's different no matter where you are on your, in your pregnancy, right? And then postpartum is the same thing. And, and breastfeeding and chestfeeding people are, they just, yeah. Mm, it's, that is the most important time. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that's the most important time to ditch the numbers and, like, and listen to your body. Exactly. Wow. So let's talk um, pregnancy cravings. What is your advice for expectant parents? Because I'm of the philosophy that, you know, everything in moderation. And if you want that donut for breakfast or you want that dessert after dinner or you just want that piece of chocolate, you should do it, right? And you should just balance it with the rest of your day. Yes, absolutely. I mean, so when you go to eat something, I think there's a few reasons why we eat. Either we're one, physically hungry, and that if you're in tune with your hung the hunger scale, you'll know you have symptoms like nausea, headache, dizzy, stomach growling. And then sometimes we eat because we're stressed. And then sometimes we eat just because we have a specific craving, like the chocolate's there and we just really want chocolate. And if that's the case, then like nothing's going to satisfy your craving except the chocolate. So eat some, but do it mindfully. Like take it out of your pantry and go sit down and like focus just on the food. Um, what happens is when we're, when it gets out of control, it tends to be a different reason. It tends to be because we're like stressed or something. And then we tend to overeat. And if that's the problem, if you're stressed, then like the food won't satisfy that craving. You might feel a little better, but that's not going to satisfy the root of the issue. Right. Um, but if it's just that you have a specific craving for chocolate, eat some chocolate. <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to help. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, um, even if you are having uh, the anxiety and, and that is what's causing it, there's no shame in being able to recognize that and reach out and get some help for that because um, it, it might not be anything that you have experienced before. It, sometimes it comes on with pregnancy or with postpartum and that's okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's really important to um, kind of remember why you're eating, right? And I like the scale that you have. That's really useful. Um, we'll see if we can get that in the, in the show notes for you guys. Can we talk a little bit about the importance of being intentional with what you're consuming in each stage um, and why that might need to change throughout your pregnancy? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to break down specific nutrients here. I hope this uh, people, I think you'll find it helpful. Um, but even before you get pregnant, I just want to say like PSA, if anyone's having sex without protection and you are of the age that you could get pregnant, you need to be taking folic acid. Um, you need to be having folic acid during this time. It's super important for the forming of the neural tube, which I think most people know that. Um, but then in the uh, first trimester, Keep taking folic acid, your prenatal vitamin, but you can also get it from foods like cereals, most are fortified, um, beans, leafy greens. And then omega-3s are another nutrient that I want people to focus on in the first trimester because um, this is when a baby's brain is developing and omega-3s help with the development of the brain. So don't be scared of fish. That's uh, one of the best sources, tuna um, and salmon, and you can have up to 12 ounces a week, which... Three ounces is about the size of the palm of your hand, if you think about it that way. So you could do like four deck of cards. You could do like four of those a week, which is like way more than most people are consuming. Um, and then I know for most people, trimester one, and you've probably seen this too, is like, give me all the carbs. <laughs> I don't want to eat anything healthy, like just simple carbs, pasta, you know, rice, bread. When you're craving that stuff, sometimes you just want to eat like white pasta, fine. If you want to try to get some nutrition in there with it, try to do like a whole wheat bread, whole grain bread, so you can get some fiber. You know, if you're craving French fries, can you make sweet potato fries? Can you make like frozen banana ice cream instead of regular ice cream? There's like healthy spins you can put um, on the food in the first trimester. You also don't have to do it all at once, right? So you can do it little by little. So you can start with maybe your breads, right? So don't jump to extremes and give up the chocolate or switch the ice cream for bananas. Start with your breads, and then as you work, you can start, you know, slowly start to give up the harder things that you feel really attached to, because I think dessert is one of the things, those sweets, right, are one of the things that people are really attached to, because they're, they're so yummy. <laughs> oh, totally, and so, yeah, with all my clients, like, again, pregnant or not, it's the healthy plate, which most people have probably seen, the healthy eating plate, where half your plate should be vegetables, you know, a quarter whole grains, a quarter protein, focus on that, like, most of the time, you know, if you're having pizza, and you really want pizza, can you put, like, some salad with it, you know, can you put some type of vegetable with it, uh, to, to get those nutrients in during the first trimester, um, should we jump to the second trimester? Yeah. Okay, so you don't actually need any extra calories during, I know I said we're not going to focus on calories, but people like to know this. Um, you actually don't really need any extra calories during the first trimester. During the second trimester, it's like an extra 340 a day, but do not go count that, okay? Your body's going to let you know that you need that. You're going to have like three servings of hummus instead of two. Add it in with healthy fats like avocados and nuts. Um, but iron is the nutrient of concern during the second trimester. And it's actually funny. I was taking a prenatal that didn't have iron in it. 
um, because it had omega-3s and I was focusing on that. And then in the second trimester, the doctors were like, oh no, you need to switch to one that has iron. And funny story, that's actually the only day I threw up all of my pregnancy. <laughs> was the day I switched to my prenatal that had iron in it and I took it on an empty stomach. So uh, don't do that. <laughs> um, but, but iron is, is an important one uh, during the, the second trimester as well as vitamin D. But the baby's skeletal system is forming during that time. So, so that one's important. Okay. And then towards the end of your pregnancy, you know, as things change and your body gets ready to have the baby, what will you need to do to shift to support this stage? The baby is packing on fat during this time, but that doesn't mean you should go eat all the fatty things. <laughs> um, so it's an extra 450 calories a day. Again, your body's going to let you know, like you're going to want to just have bigger portions of things, not necessarily go have, you know, all the muffins and donuts. Iron is still important. Um, you can get it through like leafy greens and meats. The baby's like storing up iron during this time that it's going to have the first few months of life. So um, fun fact, vitamin C helps the absorption of iron. So especially if you're eating plant sources of iron, like baby spinach, have it with some peppers or some strawberries, and that'll help um, you absorb the iron. And then omega-3s still, keep them up during this time. There's a lot of fun new research coming out about omega-3s, one being that um, there was a study where it actually decreased uh, the risk of asthma in, in toddlers who, whose moms had had omega-3s when they were pregnant. That is incredible. Oh, listeners, you guys didn't know you were going to get all this juicy information, did you? This is awesome. I love it. Okay, so now um, postpartum diet. So it's pretty complex, right? You want to find, there's like all these factors. You want to find food that is a fit for your new baby because some things that you ate, even during your pregnancy, you're going to eat and it's going to upset your baby's tummy. Um, food that, you know, needs to support breast milk supply or at least not harm it. Um, it needs to support healing and you want something that's easy to make because you might be being taken care of of several people or at least someone else. Like it, it won't be you cooking, right? So you want something that's easy for those people. Um, and also I always remind my clients that eating um, raw meat or undercooked food has the potential to give you food poisoning. And although it's a really slim chance, I just imagine throwing up after having pushed out a baby or, you know, healing from um, a cesarean incision. So I, I just wouldn't take my chances. Nevertheless, there are a lot of factors that you want to consider when you are eating postpartum and you also have a lot of other things going on, right? So you're transitioning to a new life and you're relearning how to be a family and your communication has to take a turn. So what are your secrets to postpartum eating? What do you recommend? I love this. So first and foremost, I love what you said about somebody else like making the food. Please make some things ahead of time if you can. Um, while you're like in that nesting mode at the end, like I need to get things ready, get out of the nursery and go to your kitchen and like make some things and freeze them. Um, and then set up like a meal train if you can. Um, my church does this. If you have like a mom's group, we like sign, have people sign up to bring you food. The food literally showed up at my door. I was not cooking. I did, had no energy to do that. Um, or a meal delivery service. Um, and then if you're breastfeeding, you already know if you've breastfed before, you're going to be hungry and thirsty all the time. This is not the time to diet. Um, of course, I think there's no time to diet, but <laughs> um, food is fuel. This is literally the food for your baby, like if you're breastfeeding. So um, keep a water bottle nearby, lots of water. And then um, foods that are portable that you can easily eat. My husband makes fun of me because I like lived on string cheese. I kind of still do. 
But like, I would wake up in the middle of the night so hungry and I would just like go eat string cheese. I'm like, it's protein, it's fat, it's portable, it doesn't get in your teeth, it doesn't give you bad breath. It's such a great snack. Um, but you could do nuts or dried fruit, um, protein balls, like those energy balls. A lot of people like to make those. Um, you need, you do need an extra like 300 to 500 calories a day if you're breastfeeding. Um, but again, not something to count. Think about food as fuel and, and, and fuel your body. A secret that I learned um, from a postpartum client of mine who holds a very near and dear place in my heart is her secret weapon was electrolytes, right? So these packets mm -hmm. of electrolytes and any time that her breast milk um, dipped or her breast, supply, breast milk supply dipped, she would drink a packet of electrolytes and she felt like it really, really helped. So um, also she felt like, you know, it, it kind of gave her some energy and it replenished her. It was um, her way of getting like, you know, the Gatorade or, or sports drink in ya without um, the sugar, she felt like so. You're more or less like yeah. running a marathon, right? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> makes sense. Exactly. I mean, you can use those in births as well, right? Because just like that, it's a marathon. That's, yeah, yeah awesome. So let's talk about postpartum weight journey. And for all of our listeners out there, I know that your number on your scale just popped into your head. I want you to take that number and hang on to it really tight. Now lift it above your head so everyone can see it. Really hold it up there. Now throw it out the window because there's no need to hang on to that number. Your postpartum weight is different for everybody because everyone's pregnancy is different and everyone's birth is different and everyone's path that you got there is different. And we touched on this a little bit before, but it's super true and you can see that it's ringing through in everything that we say. But Instead of looking at your weight as a number, I really challenge you to look at it like a battery, like, like what's on our phone. And your battery is charged by how you treat your body. But unlike our phones, everyone's charger is different and it's more like a puzzle. So no other charger will fit your port, only yours. So what, what do you have to say about postpartum um, weight journeys? Yes, this is such a juicy topic. <laughs> so many things. Um, I think, first of all, um, having realis realistic expectations around uh, weight in general. Um, again, pregnant or not, your body has a set point range that it likes to hang out in for your weight. And you probably know what yours is. It's like a five pound range. That shifts. We're mostly water weight, right? Um, that's going to change a lot when you're pregnant. Um, after you give birth, uh, so, so we didn't talk about this before, but there is a recommendation of, of 25 to 35 pounds is kind of the recommendation of um, how much weight you should gain during pregnancy. And that range is just put in place mostly because uh, any more than that tends to lead to, um, it can increase your risk of gestational diabetes. Of course, it can make you have a bigger baby, um, which makes delivery harder. And then of course, the more weight you gain, during pregnancy, the more to lose afterwards. But um, all of that aside, after pregnancy, most people will shed, you know, 10 to 20 pounds in the, in the first few months. And then most people are like, then it just got stuck and it won't move anymore, right? Um, so again, like I said before, this is not the time to diet. And this is not the time to be stressed out about your weight because stress plays an impact uh, and plays a role in your weight. And you have a lot of other things in your life to be stressed out about right now than your weight. Um, I want everybody to focus on eating a healthful diet 
like we talked about, mostly veggies, lean protein, whole grains, doing that 80% of the time, still allowing yourself to have those indulgences 20% of the time, getting into a good exercise routine. Um, and then usually the weight loss will come with that. But sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes people don't go back to their pre-pregnancy weight. And that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. There's, it's just sort of establishing realistic expectations around, around your weight. I mean, I think it's important to remember that your body is physically different. Things have physically moved and then maybe they've gone back, but maybe they haven't. Some things in your body don't ever return to pre-baby, quote unquote, like I have my air quotes up for our listeners, you know, like pre-baby weight. You're a mom now. Sometimes it doesn't go back and that's okay. You need a different body. Like you are a different person. Absolutely. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with that. I have some clients who struggle with, um, but you know, I have a right to get back to, you know, my pre-pregnancy weight. I can do it. I have control over it. And what I would say to that is like, do that, get a healthy exercise routine, eat a healthy diet, and then see what happens with your weight. Um, it might go back. It, it, sometimes it just takes people getting the scale out of their house, signing up for a half marathon and focusing on health for the sake of health instead of their weight. And then all the weight comes off because they stop stressing out about it, right? For other people, they do all the healthy things and their weight doesn't change. Um, and so and so in that, that instance, um, you know, you can work with a dietitian like myself to sort of see if something else is going on, or let's just talk about realistic expectations and the fact that some things don't change. I mean, I stopped breastfeeding two months ago and my boobs haven't changed. <laughs> my weight hasn't changed. Like, I'm like, what? But like you said, your body went under a major transformation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think mindset is huge in that. And and self-love is hard, right? That journey of, of loving and accepting yourself is, it's really hard. It is. But so if you're at a healthy weight and, you know, like we said, it's a, it's a range that you can fall anywhere in there and still be healthy and you feel good and your body and your doctors say that you're healthy, um, you know, then it did it. It doesn't matter what your neighbor is doing or can do or um, does for their diet and exercise routine. Focus on you and your body and your baby. What do you say to postpartum parents who are very focused and concerned on losing their baby weight as soon as possible? I love that. Yeah. So uh, first of all, don't put that pressure on yourself. Um, that's not realistic. It's going to stress you out and the stress in your body is going to make you hold on to the weight. Um, second of all, after, you know, you've been cleared to exercise, then, then getting an exercise routine, I think helps a lot because of all the other benefits of exercise. It, all those endorphins, you, you feel better, your mood is boosted, um, you sleep better, and uh, you tend to reach for healthier choices, um, you know, when you're exercising as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, just remembering that the tortoise wins the race. So be careful moving super fast after you had a baby. Um, you know, you can really do a lot more damage in those first few weeks because you should really be resting and healing. Um, so just being mindful of what your body can actually um, handle. Exactly. And also like if you are breastfeeding, you do not want to be cutting calories out of your diet and restricting because your, your supply is going to dip. Um, and you're the sole food support, su supply, sorry, for your baby. Uh, so it's important to be eating during that time, you know, and then after a few months pass, if you, you know, whether you wean breastfeeding 
or you feel like, okay, I'm ready to like get back to things now, then, you know, work with a dietitian or some help you get a healthy eating routine. Um, but there is no race to do this. Um, you remember gained that weight over the course of nine months. It's not going to come off in two or three months. It shouldn't. Right. And yeah, the longer that you do breastfeed, you know, you just have to tack that on to the time that you, you, you feel is appropriate for expecting the weight to come off. Right. So you can expect to be breastfeeding and for the weight to come off. They don't work simultaneously. You do have to first wait until you're pretty much done breastfeeding to start to focus on starting a, a weight loss journey. Right. Would you agree with that? Right. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think like you can put those other practices into place, like exercising, of course, you know, after you've been cleared by your doctor, you can work out and um, there's, you can put a healthy eating into place at any time, <laughs> start eating your vegetables and proteins and all that. So, but that, that's what I would say to focus on anyways for your weight loss. You should focus on healthy eating behaviors, working out um, and, and see what happens. Most of the time the weight comes off with that. If it doesn't, you really feel stuck and you're like, why isn't the rest coming off? Well, part of that could be that you're still breastfeeding. And your body's your body holds on to fat stores when you're breastfeeding. It needs to to, to yeah, create the milk. It needs it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like fat is cool when you're breastfeeding. <laughs> you need that. <laughs> you definitely need it. You don't want to be you don't want to be shedding the pounds until you are, you know, you've decided that you're all done breastfeeding. But until then, please, please don't focus on the scale. Focus on uh, being healthy for for you and your baby. And if you're really struggling with it, find someone to help you, you know, whether it's a dietitian or a therapist or like, no shame in that. Um, No. Struggling. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, that goes back to something that I always say, you're never struggling alone. You're just struggling in silence. There are so many people out there that have your same struggle. Please just be brave enough to speak up or at least reach out to somebody in private and they can speak up for you. I connect people all the time. So if you want to reach out in private, I'm happy to connect you on, on a much, um, you know, quieter scale than like a big, huge Facebook group of 15,000 um, parents out there. I hear that 100%. More about postpartum health. So this can just be really tricky, right? And a lot of things come back to... Um, or or a lot of things can bring you back to a comfortable weight. One of those things is breastfeeding. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your own breastfeeding and weight loss journey? And you hinted to it a little bit before, um, but it didn't turn out like you thought it might. No, it didn't. Um, First, just the breastfeeding part alone. I think I only know one or two other people that had an easy breastfeeding journey and it was really hard for the rest of us. Um, so I chose breastfeed. I'm a dietitian. That's like pressure, right? I can't not breastfeed my baby. Um, it didn't come without struggles. So uh, I had like super oversupply. My baby was tongue tied. I think I used the nipple shield for like two months. I had the tongue tie corrected at a month and it was still painful and all of that. And honestly, during that time, I didn't have time to think about my weight. I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> I was trying to feed the baby, you know? Um, and I'm happy to just share the numbers. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to talk about this. I think people need to hear like a real life perspective. So I, I was 145 pounds when I got pregnant. Um, I gained the 30 pounds. I was like 175, 176 when I gave birth. That's really hard. Like, less, I know it's hard for a lot of people listening to watch that number go up on the scale because you're like, I've never weighed this before. You're growing a baby and a lot of that weight is fluid and blood volume and the fat stores that you're going to need for breastfeeding and your boobs. <laughs> um, 
so after I gave birth, like, yeah, the 10 pounds came off pretty quickly. Um, another 10 pounds came off. I gave birth in September and by January. So I gone from like 175 to 155 and I was like, Ugh, the scale stopped. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, and, uh, new battery. So, <laughs> this is so unfair. Um, but so then I decided to focus on, um, the exercise. So I actually did like the T25 at home workout videos, which were fabulous because my baby just laid on the ground and thought it was hilarious when I did squats and so easy because he wasn't mobile. Um, and that really helped. Um, basically it was strength and cardio. So it, aside from the number on the scale, I felt better about myself because I could see like muscle definition and I felt stronger. But with that, I did lose about five pounds. Okay. So now I'm at what? 150. I don't know. And then throughout the spring, I um, started running and got back to 149. And that was like really exciting. And I say these specifics because I know people listening are resonating with like, you have that 10 pound range that you just want to get back into that 10 pound range. And then you'll feel like your old self again. Right. And it's true. That did feel awesome. And then I broke my toe. <laughs> Um, a year after so my baby was turning a year and I really couldn't run and do as much of the activity I was doing anymore. So some of that weight gained back and, um, but I was still breastfeeding. So I was like, well, the rest of this will come off when I stop breastfeeding. So I breastfed until about two months ago and my baby was 16 or 17 months. Um, and I stopped breastfeeding and the weight did not come off. <laughs> it didn't magically disappear. <laughs> that didn't happen for me. Um, and so I think like, you know, I, I'll be real and say like, yeah, it's a struggle. I think like all women are going to struggle lifelong with their, their weight and their body image. Um, but it's not necessarily because of us. It's our society and what we're looking at all the time. Um, and so for me personally, and, and for all you listening, I think like, first of all, you just have to say, you know, let me take a look at my diet and exercise patterns first. Because if I'm being honest with myself, I know my jar buttoning right now because I've been like drinking a lot and, and holidays and not eating as many vegetables as I could. So if you can correct some things there, do it. And, and But and if you do correct all the things and you're still not seeing a change, then you really have to work on some self-love and body image uh, work. For sure. I think headspace is huge for that. And holy moly, let's hope it's not a lifelong thing that we have to deal with, right? I... Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm fighting the good fight. And if you want to fight the good fight with me, come on board. Um, yeah, no, I think body image has a long way to go in our country, but I definitely hope I get to see it. Um, I get to see that shift. So what, what's your advice, um, for postpartum parents out there who are struggling to find that beauty in their body and there's that, that self-love just right, you know, it's like not coming easily right now. Totally. Well, it's what you said is the shift. And I think what's cool is we are seeing a shift in our society. We are seeing a shift on social media and uh, around us towards body positivity, um, loving your body. Um, and so my advice is to surround yourself with the right people in person and online. Um, you don't realize how much you're bombarded by people in bikinis all over the place. And you never know what's going on behind the scenes. And so I'm really careful to say to someone like, you look so great. Like you've lost weight. They could be vomiting their food every night at the gym three hours a day, not eating. That's not healthy. We shouldn't be praising that. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And so um, I try to follow uh, other uh, dietitians in the intuitive eating space who really promote body positivity. Um, you and I talked about uh, Jenna Kutcher's podcast we love. You know, she's a body positivity there's a wonderful Instagram feed called Own It Babe, and it's all about just owning your body um, for what it is. And uh, that, that process takes time, but, but you've got to surround yourself with the right things, right people.
I love it so much. And I love that you mentioned um, what um, one of my favorite people in the world, Sarah Bivens, calls uh, social media envy, you know, and she talks about how what you see on social media, that parent probably worked for three days to get their toddler to say that still, right? Or <laughs> they had to retake that family photo 45 times and it caused a huge fight between, you know, the partners or, um, you know, in, in while getting those pictures, something broke inside your house, something like that, you know, and she says, be careful how much you believe from social media. So I love, love, love that you, um, that you bring that up. Wow, this has been super, super empowering. I hope that our listeners are sitting there um, feeling the same flutters I feel inside and feeling like you're ready to take on the world. So, Lainey, where, where can people find you if they're interested in this dietitian who doesn't put people on diets? Yes, absolutely. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed talking about all of this. I'm excited for you all. So, you can find me at laineyunkin.com. L-A-I-N-E-Y-Y-O-U-N-K-I-N and at Lena Yunkin on Instagram and all my services are on there. I do one-on-one coaching with people um, as well as group workshops as well. So I'd love to connect with you all. Oh my goodness, listeners. If you are even the list least bit interested, please reach out to Lainey and uh, see what she's all about. She can really transform your life. Lainey, thank you so much for being here with us. And as always, Village members, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know that you can join our online tribe? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.